Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. win in uh, basketball history. You heard it right here on 94.3 The Game, 107.9 WNCT last night. ECU stunning number five Houston inside of Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum. Uh, and frankly, outplayed them. Frankly, they outplayed them. Uh, welcome in, everybody. It's great to have you with us. Uh, the uh, intern Joe's here today. Also, Ben Byram is here today. Hello, Ben. Hey, Ben. Ben has Ben's all over the place. Ben was in the building last night. I I was uh, not. Ben was in the house. Casey was there the too. Was I he? Found out. Yeah. Intern Joe. How? That's right. Intern Joe does some game day ops stuff, doesn't he? So he's another very hardworking, enterprising. Oh guy. yeah. Oh yeah. Were you cheering, intern Intern Joe? Or are you not allowed to cheer from your perspective? We're not allowed to cheer. Okay. He's Were a you very cheering serious in- guy. Cold and calculated. Yeah. Were you cheering inside? Very much so. Okay, all right. Very much so. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, ben, were you were you uh, rooting there on press row? You know, you're not supposed to root on press row unless you're at the Marshall press box or anywhere on the campus of UNC Chapel Hill. Other than that, media is not supposed to root. So In, what, inside, what? I was, but I will okay. say there were people that were definitely cheering. Uh, oh I'm no, not, I'm not going to no, say. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah not these yeah, guys. There were definite people. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I, they, I won't mention the name, cheer. but the guy next to me, it was a minute left, and I think we were up 10, and he was, like, freaking out that we were going to blow it. And I'm like, guy, there's a minute left. It's happening, bud. It's happening. We're up by 10. Cy was, uh, I, I heard uh, Cy was freaking out at the end, too, <laughs> is what I heard. And you're going to have uh, a lot of media members around here say that they were at the game, but I can attest, and Casey can attest <laughs> to this, there's about five media members there. So just putting that uh, out there for the listeners. Well, we know the uh, nobody from the News Observer was. I don't think they've run the uh, story yet. And then uh, I, I I don't want to talk ill of anyone. I do my best not to. Um, but you know, I guess for for Twitter interactions and clicks, we like Josh. Josh is a good guy. I, I brought Uh-oh. Josh along, but oh, you know, he was just complaining about how ECU fans were complaining that <laughs> nobody in Raleigh was covering this on Twitter. And I'm just sitting there thinking, dude, do your show up in Winston-Salem or wherever you are up there and just talk about Wake Forest or the Super Bowl or Let it go. Carolina. Well, I just I don't understand why. But, I mean, it, it comes right back to everything that uh, and this is what people, I hate to say it like him, don't get. I This is what the triangle sports media doesn't get. This is what a lot of that if you are a true ECU pirate, you're the underdog always. You're always fighting to claw your way to the top, and that's what made yesterday so cool. And I mean, look, I I'm I'm I was pumped last night. I I felt a great deal of pride last night. I mean, I think Ben, we have probably been uh, 
pro basketball, pro Joe Dooley as anybody. Oh, it's yeah. not because it's not because we're the flagship and we're homers and cheering and all that. But I mean, Joe knows what he's doing. There'd actually been murmurs, believe it or not, from some of those truly less initiated in the fan base who believe that, you know, is this, this going to work out? Is this the right guy in a 17 day COVID layoff? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, watch any team in the Clemson was bump buzzing right along. And they had a COVID layoff. Then they couldn't throw the damn thing in the ocean. I mean, it's just, there is a, there is a vast majority of our fan base that could get better educated on, on basketball, but that's for another time. Uh, today's a time that of, of celebration today's look, Joe Dooley's going to join us here in a few minutes. And I'm, I'm grateful that Joe's going to join us. I thought it was cool when he joined us, when they were playing down in Florida the other week and he couldn't make the game. And I mean, that's, that, that's, you know, Joe's, Joe's got a pretty good plan. Not only did he have a great game plan last night, last night that his guys executed, he's got a good plan as to how to build this program. And it's going to take time. I said this today, I ended up doing a lot of radio today, uh, as a result of, uh, ECU's, uh, victory, uh, sports channel eight guys had me on. Then there was a couple other places that wanted me to uh, kind of chime in elsewhere in the world and. I'll say this. Um, I think that the potential, the upside potential of ECU basketball in the conference it's in is tremendous. Can it achieve that potential? I have, I have no idea. I would like to hope it can. I wish it can. I want it to as much as I would really want anything in sports. I'd love, I mean, Ben, would you say last night was fun? It was fun. Uh, it was one of the few games so far where, I don't know. I, I, I was really, really invested in the game, what was going on, because, I mean, let's face it. I mean, ECU basketball hasn't been historically great. They outplayed Houston last night. Now, you could say Houston took them lightly. Pirates competed with them on the backboards. They defended, and they shot the three. And I'm not gonna, you can't make double-digit threes every game. Certainly, this team has not shown the ability to do it, so that's the, you know, the outlier on this uh, season's grid were the 11 threes, but that's the recipe for an upset. Uh, you see it all the time in the NCAA tournament. A team takes care of the basketball, competes as best they can on the backboards, plays defense, but they can knock down a lot of threes, and that's why you see a lot of, of times the so-called mid-majors maybe knock off the big boys, especially a middling big boy from a big boy league. And that's kind of what happened last night. I mean, it, I, there's no doubt Houston is a more experienced and physically talented team at this juncture than ECU, but the Pirates – did all the things you need to do to win a basketball game, including shoot the three ball. I thought it was fantastic. And I think anybody that's trying to throw a wet blanket on it, I mean, I was asked today, you know, does the school need to get more behind DCU? Does basketball, does the fans need to get be And I think the fans are just waiting for their, if they, if they ever can go back to the games, I think that uh, they are just waiting for something like this to happen. Boy, imagine if the fans been there last night. It had been a madhouse. It had been rocking. There'd have been a court storming. The I thought few, it was the really you that were there were were going nuts. Yeah, and I thought it was really really cool that uh, they took the cutouts ECU uh, marketing and ECU athletics did, and they put it on the floor, took a picture of you know a virtual court storming. That was pretty funny. That was clever. I, I just I am a big believer. Even when they got their ass kicked by Memphis, I'm a big believer that uh, Joe Dooley has a plan. Joe Dooley has certainly upgraded the players. 
from where they were in recent years before. And, and I really do think whether tonight is this big last night, rather was this big turning point that turns things around and ECU becomes, uh, this, this, uh, you know, basketball team that plays really well, um, and, and competes for NCAA positions down the road and bids. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but I, I do think last night is at least a harbinger of what could happen if you have a team that plays well, a coach that knows what he's doing, a passionate fan base, a really good conference. I mean, this could be something where, I mean, just get to the NIT when that thing is restored again, I would presume, after this season, not playing it this year because of all the COVID stuff. I mean, that that would be a huge accomplishment. That alone would be a huge accomplishment. Anything to get the basketball program uh, going. And look, we're going to talk to Dooley about this. It doesn't get any easier. I mean, they've got to go to Memphis Saturday night, come back and play SMU on Monday. And uh, then you got the Temple game. So, I mean, they've got, you know, just in about an eight-day, nine-day span after the game last night, they have uh, four games. And that's not good. I mean, and it's crisscrossing. It's uh, road home, road home. That's not easy. Uh, ben, you were there, as I said. What any anything? I mean, look, Jaden Gardner was sensational. Tremont Robinson White is one of the most underreported stories, in my opinion. Certainly, anywhere. I mean, this college basketball season, uh, even here locally, I just I don't think Tremont Robinson White has gotten enough credit this year, Ben, because I, I he hit threes last night. He kind of was in a little bit of a zone. We were told what kind of player he was. He really struggled last year, but he was badly hurt. He was badly hurt, and it was a hard time for him to to play last year physically. And he played really well and, on defense last night too. No, he's he really plays great on up. plays great on defense. Is taking care of the basketball, and he shot it with confidence last night. It's the sweat uh, man. It's the sweat man is what it is. <laughs> let's get uh, let's do a pirate report here real quickly because I want to hear Jaden Gardner's comments. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, Ben, uh, play cut two in the beautiful bean footage here. Uh, Jaden Gardner, 21 and 15, he said they believed they could win. We believe, baby. I mean, it's just like it's just like football. It's any given Sunday. Whoever goes out there and preps and works and put the, put the work in is going to win on that, on that day. And we came in very prepared, prepped, ready to go, and we were able to get the W. And that's just how the ball followed, uh, the ball rolls sometimes. Cut four here. Jaden talked about not only Tremont Robinson White's 17 point and three point shooting performance, but Tristan Newton really got going yesterday. Uh, they're, they're really great guards. They're very poised, under control, and they know when and where to pick and choose their spots. And they're very poised and they're very mature for their age because they're very young. Um, but they, I love playing with them. Um, they're ready to make big-time shots and, and make big-time plays on both ends of the floor. So it's, it's, it's always a pleasure playing with them. Oh, and the Pirates, uh, Jaden cut seven here, talked about maintaining the lead. Uh, I, I feel like they were just running out of time, and they knew it. Uh, we just had to keep the lead. Um, they, they made a big run after my turnover. Um, they cut it to, cut it to two, and, but then we asserted ourselves back and got the lead back, and – once we got the lead, we, we was very comfortable because we, we were trading twos. We're, we're fine with trading twos. We don't want to be in a trading three situation. So we was able to maintain that 10-point lead. And that was fine. They ran the Cougars off the three-point line late, which was uh, what you got to do there. 
Houston started fouling with three minutes to go. And even though uh, they didn't make every single free throw and they did miss a few front ends, uh, the Pirates, by and large, executed down the stretch, something they had not done the last two games. So it snaps a five-game losing streak. I'm not saying they're going to go beat Memphis, but that was a hell of a win last night. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, it's the it's a signature win. Um, long win streak against ranked teams has been snapped, or long uh, losing streak against winning uh, ranked teams has been snapped. The fourth win for ranked uh, versus a ranked opponent all time. Uh, and I believe that's the highest opponent. Marquette was nine. Uh, they were ranked in the teens or 20s the other year that uh, they beat Dwayne Wade and Marquette. And then uh, Northeastern and the great Reggie Lewis uh, back in the CAA days. Respect for Reggie Lewis. Uh, and uh, I think they were something in the uh, teens when ECU beat them, 16, 17, something like that. So that was the biggest, highest ranked team that ECU's ever beaten in basketball. It was great. It was fantastic. Ben, you, as I said, you were there, Ben, and, and you watched it throughout. I, I was listening to parts of it, watching parts of it. So what did you catch at the uh, at the end, Ben? Or throughout, I should say. Throughout, it, you, you could tell the parts came with intensity. A lot of guys that you could have said have struggled or didn't play quite up the expectations coming into the season really stepped up. I can One specific example is Luigi DeBeau. That was a guy that, a yep. lot of people felt like wasn't playing up the expectations, and then immediately in the first couple minutes, he's the leading scorer. He even hit like an uncharacteristic like mid-range jumper, which you never see him do. And I mean, I think I even said it on Twitter. You need guys like that to really step up in order to beat a team like Houston. And Lord behold, I mean, five guys were in double figures, and maybe if Luigi Debo was still playing, he could have very well also been in double figures. And I mean, it was just. It's it's something I'm gonna be telling my grandkids about for sure that I saw little old ECU <laughs> beat a fifth ranked team, probably their biggest win in program history. All right, Joe Dooley will be uh, with us in a little bit. Uh, one thing I wanted to play before we go here. So, I think at this point these football coaches are trying to outdo themselves, don't you? You know, it started with like signing day a few years ago. Let's go get this, mom. And remember when? Like it's signing day, uh, it became, you know, this with the hats or the spectacle, you know, it's, it's kind of like the announcing the gender of your, uh, your your child when your wife's pregnant. You know, these things have become spectacles. But uh, the, the Marshall strength and conditioning coach, I cannot find this joker's name anywhere. Do we find me his name in turn, Joe? Google him. But this guy, I guess they had a press conference for the hiring of the strength and conditioning coach at Marshall today. And he was talking all kinds of nonsense. Here we go. Let's go get this mug. All right, I'm going to teach you how to do this after this. It's Herd Jacks. Here's what we do. We say, Herd Jacks, team ready, you say ready. We say, Herd Jacks, team ready, you say ready. Herd exercise. H-E-R-D. Herd hat. Let's go to work. I get ready to All right, He was doing jumping jacks in the video, right? Yeah. I, I couldn't understand a word he was saying. I don't know. I, he has to be of Cajun on. descent or something. It was hard to understand there. I don't know what was going on there. I, I just, I, if if you're standing there and you're watching him and you see him start doing jumping jacks, I guess you, you do him as a player. If you know All I know is I need to start lifting some weights right now. That guy was, well, yeah, I agree with that. That guy was jacked. He was, <laughs> he was fired up. He was, he was something. He was, uh, he was something. All right. Uh, 
Christian McCaffrey said there's time to get to that tomorrow. By the way, uh, Super Bowl might be the super woke because, you know, they're trying to kill Brady over the uh, Trump hat and his friendship with Trump. And by they, I mean, you know, sports media, national media. But uh, now they're putting pressure on the Chiefs because of the chop that, you know, Florida State did and the Braves did and uh, that sort of thing. I thought you were talking about the haircut situation with the chop. No, that was good, too. That was, oh, you thought, like, get a chop. Yeah, he go. was going to chop, haircut. Well, who was it? The center was mid mid haircut when their barber, t- when the barber that the Chiefs would bring in tested positive for COVID. Yep. The lab results came in, so they had to get another barber. wonder if he ever got his haircut finished. Is he going to be out there at the Super Bowl with a half-shaved well, he half head? How can you tell if he's got a mullet on, right? Or a helmet on? You can't tell. I think I could definitely tell if he's got a mullet on. All right, we got. Yeah, I think you can. All right, we got to get Joe Dooley. Uh, let's uh, grab a break. Should we do that, Ben? And then uh, you want to do Bojangles going to break here? Let's do it. Call her what, Ben? Five. You tell me. Call her fifth five. Fifth rank Houston. There you go. I like it. Uh, Call her five for the Pirates knocking off fifth rank Houston. Two five two five six one game. Two five two five six one four two six three. Joe Dooley and then Terrence Copper in studio. A little bit later on, we're going to talk about uh, that. Uh, very much thing the super bowl uh get terrence's breakdown as he's a former kansas city chief so uh, a lot to jump to with joe dooley joining us next on the pj show caller five will be a winner of our bojangles gift card two five two five six one game two five two five six one four two six three Pirate basketball with a big win last night, an enormous win, a huge win against Houston, a lot of national attention paid to ECU, a lot of demands on the time of Coach Dooley, but he's been good enough to take a few minutes with us here to talk the big win over number five, Houston. Less than 24 hours after it happened, we welcome Coach Joe Dooley back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Coach, congratulations. As I said a minute ago, thrilled for for you, but your staff and especially the the kids, they were real excited. I have to imagine, and they played so well yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I, they were very excited, and they should be. They, you know, I thought they had a couple good days of preparation on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, I thought we played very well, and uh, we had a good uh, good energy, and it was nice to see them rewarded. You shot the three ball well, uh, and and usually if there's a little bit of a, a talent deficiency, that's the thing that teams kind of have to do to. To, to beat a, a more talented team. I mean, you've seen it in March a gazillion times during the tournament. Uh, Pirates shot the three last night, but the other thing that, that ECU did really well is you competed on the backboards. We talked a little bit about that on Tuesday, and even before the game yesterday, uh, played some of those comments again. So uh, the, the way your guys competed, that seems to be the word that uh, I keep coming back to, has to be something that uh, was, was a real source of, of pride for you and the staff. Well, I think that's the you know I you know I talk to our guys all the time. It's not playing hard. That should that should be a standard. It's it's competing and trying to to win the game. And I, I did think we competed on the backboard. And then the other thing, I thought we did a nice job. We didn't turn it over. I mean, we yeah. turned it over seven times against you know an elite defensive team. And you know when the ball goes in the basket, it makes everybody look a lot smarter. You know, we did shoot it pretty well. Tremont was was really good. Uh, you know from the three point line, but I think those things and the, the, the backboard and the turnovers were two things that we talked about, uh, you know, repeatedly in that, prior to the game. 
Joe Dooley uh, with his Pirates with a win against number five Houston last night. Uh, they've got a, a heck of a stretch coming up, too. It continues uh, with a trip to Memphis on Saturday and then Monday, the turnaround uh, back home against SMU. So some of the top teams in the American uh, Pirates will certainly be seeing them here and have seen them and uh, will continue to for the next several days. It's, it's a tough league. And, and I think what it was interesting to hear you talk the other day about East Carolina in particular, but other schools in the conference needed, needing to kind of hold up their end of the bargain as far as this becoming a, mint, a, a multiple bid league. It is, but, but to become an even you know, greater multiple bid league. Because I, I think nationally this just doesn't – well, I shouldn't say nationally. I think people that know nationally know how tough this league is. Yeah, go ahead. Two years ago, we were the fifth-ranked conference in the country, so ahead of the Pac-12 and ahead of the Big East, so – I think some of these things are a little cool. I mean, obviously, you know, Houston's an elite. You know, we you you, you need the Memphis to be good. Uh, you know, Wichita State historically has been good. You know, Central Florida was an NCAA tournament team two years ago that almost beat you know Duke in, a, in an unbelievable game. So we have really good teams. That, you know, the, the people that have been at the back end like ourselves need to need to step up and get our you know our nets better and our nets better than it's ever been. Get those things under those nets under field four or five teams into the tournament. Uh, Joe Dooley's uh, with us uh, here. We appreciate Coach taking a few moments uh, this afternoon uh, with us. ECU up next uh, will be uh, Memphis. We, we'll maybe get into that a little bit here. I thought it was interesting. Jaden Gardner said last night that this shows uh, or sort of affirms might be the better way to put it that this roster, this team can compete with anybody in the league and it doesn't you know that that effort that they put out last night it has to be a day day in day out thing on practice you even mentioned that but also it has to be a, a night in night out thing as far as competing whether it's houston whether it's memphis whether it's temple uh whoever it, whatever names on that jersey that same effort can can be put out every night and, and it shows that this program and this team in particular can can play with the best in the league well, we've you know we've had a lot of close games. I mean, it was you know the Tulsa game was a hard game to lose on Saturday. It's time with under two minutes left to lose that game, and you know we, the guys made a really good effort against UCF. You know, it's a minute left there, and you're shooting a one and one down three. So uh, you know, I think all those losses that we've had have been close losses, with the exception of the Memphis game. Uh, I, you know, it's it's a great league. We've done, I think one good thing about it is I do think we can get better. It's been a weird month for us. We've had a lot of guys in and out. Uh, so practice has, has been a little disjointed. And uh, if we can get some practice rhythm, I, mean, I thought we had a good day Monday, good day Tuesday. Obviously, we'll have to scale back today and watch some tape. We've got some guys banged up. So, you know, we'll, we'll uh, you know, ha- hopefully have a good day tomorrow and get ready to play Memphis on Saturday. Yeah, any, anything health-wise at this point you can update with some of the guys, Coach? Well, we did, you know, we've got some guys that, you know, are still banged up. So hopefully we'll, you know, that's, there's a lot of guys day to day. So, you know, I, like I said, we won't do much today. We'll do some shooting. We'll do some walkthrough and we'll watch some film. So, uh, you know, we'll get with the trainer. That guy's already been in for treatment this morning. And uh, we'll, we'll have a little treatment, a little stretching, a little lifting here about one third, uh, you know, uh, during the afternoon. See how yeah, do. gotcha. Uh, Coach Joe Dooley with us. Coach, uh, you mentioned the Memphis loss. I don't, I don't. You know, was that a bottoming out point? I mean, it was coming off the COVID situation uh, where the program was shut down. Uh, you know, I, I well, I'll just say it. In years past, that may have been the beginning of the end. And, you know, came back, played Tulsa in a heartbreaker. But then 
I mean, just didn't miss a beat as far as what you guys put into game plan wise, execution of the game plan last night. And again, I, I love what you say, you know, playing hard is a standard. But I mean, there's there's some reestablishing of you know a lot of of that standard in a lot of ways, and in, in, since your return here, uh, so we, I guess you maybe could get a feel for how the guys responded to what you all were telling them after the Memphis game, because obviously they didn't let that one loss turn into two or three losses at this point. Well, I think the biggest point of frustration, you know, with the, the Memphis situation was different. We didn't pause. We were without guys. Um, you know, we, you know, it, uh, it, it's got to be a different feel. And, you know, you have a few guys are out. We had some guys kind of tossed and our numbers weren't, you know, and then you get a guy or two injured. And, uh, you know, I've got a stretch right, you know, until the day before the Tulsa game, I hadn't been in front of our guys for, you know, 15 days. Right. Person. So it's, it's a different feel. And you got to give, uh, it's a little bit different for the kids when they're looking around and they're not seeing their teammates or, you know, their coaches and they're, you know, in person for, you know, you know, they don't see their coach for over two weeks in person. That's got to be a little different feel for them. And, uh, you know, I think the guys, you know, we talked about it. and You know, it scared me to death coming out of pause because I watched what other teams did when they came out of pause. I mean, I watched Clemson one night when they came out of pause. And, I mean, it was it was rough. And uh, it's, it's hard to reacclimate. It's hard to simulate Memphis's length and athleticism to begin with. And then you throw in a five-day pause and you practice for two days, that's not a real good recipe for success. Yeah. Uh, Memphis due up next for the Pirates. TCU with the win over number 5 Houston last night. Uh, for you, the 200th career victory as a head coach, you spent a, a number of years as an assistant. You've been a part of, as you said, I think over 1,050 games uh, in your coaching career, and you'd only missed a handful before this, this COVID. Uh, when you – you don't look at certain you know achievements, I guess, as a head coach. You're just worried about the next game. You probably haven't had a chance to reflect on that, but I mean that, that's a nice milestone and came in a pretty, pretty memorable game last night. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this a little bit, uh, Coach. But uh, have you reflected any at all on that uh, last night, the win and just the 200th win? I mean, obviously the good win, happy for the kids. And then, I mean, I, I think those are things you think about maybe after the season. You know, we got Memphis and we got SMU. On, uh, you know, we, we've got a busy week. You know, we go, yeah, right. we go Saturday, Saturday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday. So there's no time to really sit back and think about it, except for, you know, let's get ready for Memphis and, uh, you know, how do we prepare today for those? And, you know, we talk about the, to the guys all the time about being prepared for the next one. So then you sort of have to practice what you preach and, and, and move on down the road. Uh, defensively got some stops when you needed to, uh, did a better job guarding the perimeter. Some of that strategically at the end, you know, not wanting to give up a three. Did miss a couple of front ends, uh, but but by and large, the execution down the stretch from your guys was, was really, really good. So some of those things that had not been so hot recently uh, really turned a corner. Um, I, I, again, I kind of asked you this the other day. I mean, you go over all these scenarios. The way that your guys defended and executed uh, last night, it, boy, it'd be nice to be able to duplicate that for the rest of the season down the road. Well, even if you're, you know, even if you're, you know, partially as good, you're not going to play, you know, perfect every day. And we we played really well, and we're not going to play that well every night. But the big thing is if you play smart. You know, everybody talks about playing hard and these other things. The second part of the equation is playing smart. And I think that's a learned habit over the time of, by playing hard every day in practice and not being afraid to be tired or not being afraid to do, do those type of things. Those are all acquired and learned mm -hmm. traits that you need to do in order to get good. Joe, uh, as you uh, 
the, the thing I think that uh, was really, really uh, unfortunate is would have been a packed arena. And, you know, who knows how that would have influenced things. Certainly, it would have been a great energy in the building. I thought it was cool that they put some of the cutouts uh, on the uh, court and snapped a picture of it. Athletics did, and they put it out on social media. But that that was really the thing. I, I can tell you this. I mean, my phone was blowing up. Uh, because of your success and win yesterday, I got to do some radio across the country today. So that was cool. Uh, and it was great to talk about ECU basketball. But but having the fans in there would have been tremendous last night. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's unfortunate. It's, it's, it's unfortunate for our country and, you know, what we're going through. But... Uh, you know, we are also fortunate that we get to play. The kids, you know, they've chosen that they want to play. Uh, it's not the ideal situation, but uh, it's a better situation than, than, than not playing, and they, that's what they want to do, so that's what we'll do. And I, mean, I know it's it would be great to have a, a packed Minji's, and it would be nice to go play in front of a packed FedEx Forum on Saturday afternoon, but until we can get everybody, you know, keep everybody safe, it's, this is where our country is, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be out of this sooner than later. Uh, very happy for you, as I mentioned. Thrilled for the kids, uh, thrilled for the program, and uh, congratulations, and uh, best of luck against Memphis. Another tough one coming up this weekend, Coach. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Joe Dooley, congrats to him. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us, uh, Coach. Uh, T-Cop coming up in just a couple of minutes. Uh, ben Byram with an update. Congratulations, Chris and Grimesland was our Bojangles winner. We'll uh, get back to Chris at some point, maybe have him on the show. I'd let him ask a question, but it was good to have uh, Joe Dooley on here. Uh, Pirate Baseball releasing the times for most of their non-conference games. Season starts the 19th, and that game will be a 4 o'clock first pitch against Rhode Island that Friday in uh, a little more than two weeks from now. Ben Byram with an update on everything else going on in the world of sports and the Pirate Nation with a sports update. Ben? Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barm here for 94 Through the Game Sports Update. If you haven't heard the news, you're probably living under a rock as the Pirates up to the fifth-ranked Houston Cougars last night at home. In that game, Pirate 4, Jaden Garner notched a double-double with 21 points and 15 rebounds. Here were his comments after what was easily the biggest win in program history. When you don't turn the ball over, you get opportunities to stay in the game. And we did that tonight. We got a lot of possessions. We got a lot of shots up and, and breeded off our defense. We made them turn the ball over a lot and we got rebounds. And it was we made it tough for them tonight. Pirates look to keep it up as they travel to Memphis this Saturday, set for a 2 o'clock tip. You can hear coverage for that game beginning at 1 o'clock right here on the flagship station, the ECU Pirates, 94.3, the game. From college hoops, tipping off tonight at 7, we start with a bang as 8th-ranked Iowa hosts 7th-ranked Ohio State. The Hawkeyes are favored in that game by 6 with the over-under at 157. We have an American Conference matchup between the Cincinnati Bearcats and the Temple Owls. The Owls are barely favored by a point and a half with the over-under at 139 and a half. And at nine, Gonzaga takes on Pacific. The top-ranked Bulldogs are, of course, favored heavily by 23.5 points. From college football earlier today, a bill was proposed that would prevent the NCAA or any other college organizations from restricting an endorsement deals for student-athletes. Clemson extends offensive coordinator Tony Elliott through 20, the 2025 season, raising his pay to $2 million annually. And Vince Young returns to the Texas Longhorns as a special assistant in the athletic department. From the NFL, it's reported that J.J. Watt wants out of Houston, with the organization reportedly respecting his wish, and if he, if need be, will be willing to release the former Defensive Player of the Year. From the MLB, pitcher Tommy LaStella reaches a three-year $18.75 million deal with the San Francisco Giants. The Baltimore Orioles, Orioles agreed to a minor league deal with former ace Felix Hernandez. 
And the Mets are engaging in talks with Cy Young winner Trevor Bauer. They're expected to get a yes or no on the deal within the next 24 hours. And wrapping up from the NHL, the Canes look to build off a five-game winning streak. As they take on the Chicago Blackhawks, puck drop, is, puck drop is set for 8 o'clock. Expected to start in the net for the Canes is James Reimer, while Peter Mrazek deals with a thumb surgery, while the, Black, the Blackhawks are expected to start Kevin Lankin. If you're 94 through the game sports update, I'm Ben Barman. When we return, we'll have former Kansas City Chief T- Terrence, Top- Terrence Copper after this quick timeout. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Your home of the ECU Pirates, Clay Travis, Dan Patrick, and Adam Gold. Hashtag lots of options. 94.3 The Game, Eastern Carolina's home for sports. You're looking at a big sports fan right here. And now, back to the P-Man. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Welcome back in Patrick Johnson show. Great to have coach Dooley on with us. And uh, it is a great anytime we have a chance to have Terrence Copper in the house. Uh, hey, before we get going here, you could relive the magic of any of our shows. Uh, the podcast drops after the program on 943thegame.com. Also, wherever you download your favorite podcast, former wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. A uh, longtime player in the NFL, Pam Pack legend, ECU football alum, should be in the Athletics Hall of Fame, but it's a story for another day. The great Terrence Copper joining us here uh, this afternoon on the Patrick Johnson Show. T-Cop, how are you? What's up, Pat? How you doing? I'm doing well. Good to talk to you. Yes, sir. You too. Uh, all right. Super Bowl 55. Mm-hmm. Big matchup here. Who you like? You know, I'm a chief, so I, I, I got to go, <laughs> go with my heart. I got to go with the Chiefs. But, but because I really want to see Tom Brady win another Super Bowl with a different team, just to prove that he's really the GOAT. Just, I mean, he's, he won't have to prove anything to me, but just to prove to the people, the doubters or the naysayers, uh, that he's really is, he really is the GOAT. You know, So I want to see him win one as well. But, of course, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. But if the Chiefs don't take it, I'm fine with Tampa Bay taking it. I got you. You know, when you look at this uh, offense for Kansas City, and I, and I don't know if because they won the Super Bowl last year, uh, I mean, they've been pretty good this year. I mean, when you look at the whole body of work, it actually has been a great body of work. And to get back to the Super Bowl with the chance to repeat is is a tremendous accomplishment. I just wonder with all the everybody kind of caught up in the Brady thing from one side or the other. I, I, are we overlooking Kansas City here to a degree? I mean, as crazy as that sounds with Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey, I mean, are we overlooking? Because they could. I mean, look what they did against Buffalo. They went on a run. They mm-hmm. put the foot on the accelerator. They went on that run. And then they, I don't want to say they were in cruise control, but really Buffalo never threatened them after that. Now, 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 don't get me wrong. Like, I'm talking about Brady because I feel like he's the GOAT, and I feel like it's a great love story. It's a great story for him to go to a different team and, and win the Super Bowl in their hometown. You know, so that's a great story. So that's the reason I'm talking about it, and I want to see him win. But without a shadow of a doubt, the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team. Uh, hands down, there's no question. Hands down, they're the best team. And they've been showing it week in and week out. Some weeks, you know, they may not blow a team out, but they do just enough to win. And that, to me, that is the, the mark of a good team. When you, when you don't play your best game, when you don't have your A game, but you just figure it out. You figure a way to win, to win the game. And then 
in the meetings, you can go back to the drawing board, look at the film, and you can make corrections. But let's just get the win first. And and that's what the Chiefs been doing, whether they're playing great or whether they're playing mediocre, they're finding a way to win. Uh, so, you know, this the Chiefs is hands down the better team. But, like I say, if they don't take it, I'm fine with Brady taking it. Kansas City's going to be without a uh, couple of uh, tackles in this game. Mike, Mike Rimmer, the, uh, the old Panther, who last time he started in the Super Bowl, Von Miller, uh, from the first play on, uh, ate his lunch. Mm-hmm. And so he's back at one of the tackles. Now, Mahomes, of course, you know, Cam Newton was mobile. Mahomes uh, is elusive and mobile and uh, can do so much when the pocket moves or when he moves the pocket. But he's facing a defensive front, in my mind, T-Cop, that's really formidable. Uh, what is your impression? Now, the secondary, a little questionable mm-hmm. uh, for, for Tampa Bay. But when you look at the Tampa Bay Bucks defensively, what uh, what do you see from them? Uh, you know what, Pat? When I, when I really paid attention to Tampa Bay, I mean, I've been watching them over the course of the season. But when I really saw them, when they played, I want to say it was the Packers. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they played, matter of fact, it wasn't the Packers. It was the game before the Packers. Who did they play before the Packers? Your uh, your Saints. The Saints. Your Saints. Yes. When <laughs> when they shut the Saints down the way they did, yeah. And they and they made Drew Brees look old. You know, they made him, and, and of course, Drew Brees is a little older, but they made him look old. They made him look old, and they shut Michael Thomas down. No catches. You know, when I was watching that game, I was like, hey, I, I think I even uh, sent a tweet out or I, I sent a message to Biggie. I said, man, this team can win to the, can go to the Super Bowl and actually win the Super Bowl just off their defense. Well, I remember you even messaging that or, or, or tweeting that out. Yeah. I remember you saying that. Yeah. yeah. You know, just off their defense, their defense is is amazing. Uh, and they're they're hitting on all cylinders right now defensively. So uh, I think the Chiefs got their work cut out for them uh, when it comes to the tackles that are out. Uh, trust me, Andy Reid, uh, they're going to send some help over there to help the tackle, whether it's an extra tight end over there helping or mm-hmm. whether it's a running back chipping when he's coming out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to send him help. You know, So they're, they're not going to let one guy just beat him. We got Terrence Copper with us, the great T-Cop in the uh, studios of the game. T- Terrence Copper in the house, Premier Sports Academy. Uh, football right around the corner, so uh, Terrence can run through some of that. I know they got a basketball league going. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll get Terrence to talk all about that uh, over in Winterville, the Premier Sports Academy. Uh, ECU uh, football alum, NFL veteran, Pampack legend Terrence Copper uh, with us uh, here. He's a big part of our game days. I enjoyed this year as much as any uh, doing the pregame, by the way. I, I don't know if I said that to you, but I, I really enjoyed our pregame shows this year. So did I. Uh, I thought it, they were very substantive, and I, I don't, you know, I was maybe more appreciative that we were able to do them, and that's why I enjoyed them more. But mm-hmm. uh, I thought you were spot on all season long, uh, and and really great. And if I haven't said that to you uh, privately or publicly, I'm saying it now. Well, Pat, I appreciate uh, it. Thank you. Yeah, that was so good. But uh, it's it's good to talk to you here. Um, you mentioned Breeze. Mm-hmm. You know, the big hubbub after that was Breeze is going to retire. This was that was his last game. I remember asking you about Drew Brees this year, and I talked about we were watching a highlight of somebody, and I talked about having to make that great catch and how you kind of helped your quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a receiver. And you said to me, I said, well, what was the, who was the be- most accurate guy that you ever played with throwing the football? And you said, Brees. I said, well, what about the ones where you had to go get it? And you, do you remember what you told me? No, what did I say? 
said that's the only place he could put it. And <laughs> he, he put it on the money in that place. Yes. And Drew, let me tell you something. Drew Brees is, is spot on his accuracy. But none of this stuff happens by mistake. Like, he puts the work in. Not saying other quarterbacks don't put the work in, but I know the work that Drew Brees put in. And he puts work in uh, during the offseason, before practice, after practice. He gets with his receivers. And even after a Friday practice, we're still running routes, working on certain routes uh, so he can get the timing down. Because you got to realize, Drew Brees is six feet. He's not that tall at all. So he can't really see over the line of scrimmage. And a lot of times, if you see him drop back or in the shotgun, He's actually looking up over the offensive lineman because he can't see just a natural look. So he got to lift his head up to look over them. And mm-hmm. everything that he's throwing is timing. He know exactly where you're going to be at, uh, when you should be there. And so, but that's the reason why we work on a lot of plays outside of practice with Drew Brees after practice, working on timing because a lot of his game is timing. What makes uh, Tyreek Hill such a tough cover? Oh. Pat, this guy, okay, we already know he got world-class track speed. We already know that. Uh, but there's a lot of guys that has track speed that's fast uh, when you get to the NFL. You got some sprinters, some some guys that run four threes and different things like that. Uh, you got some guys, a few guys running four twos in the 40. But what separates Tariq Hill from everybody else is his acceleration. Tariq Hill can go from zero to 60 in about one or two steps. You know, so as soon as he gets you to stop your feet and he take back off, he have you. And so it's this acceleration. Of course, he's fast. Don't get me wrong. He's fast as all get out. But it's his acceleration that separates him so quickly uh, from from his defenders and also that separates him, his speed from everybody else's speed because he gets to zero to 60 just like that. You know, I've also seen where he, you know, has made some of these amazing downfield catches. And he's having to, you know, lay out a little or it's kind of dropped in the back. And I, and I think back to what you said about the Breeze thing. And I look at Patrick Mahomes and I almost see that kind of that happening with those two, at least. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Mahomes trusts him so much. But he's, I guess Mahomes is putting the ball really the only place where Hill can get it. And if it's a spectacular catch, all the better, right? That's true. And, and a lot of times, especially in those deep balls that he may have to go get, you know, you can't outthrow him. You know, so you just got to no. rear back and let it go, you know, <laughs> right. and, and hopefully it's not underthrown, you know, so that's how fast he is. But the crazy thing about it is, Pat, it's not even to me, Tariq Hill is an amazing receiver, but to me, it's Kelsey. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Travis Kelsey, yeah. the former Cincinnati Bearcat. I mean, he's so steady. He is. And he's amazing. He really is. I mean, that, what two, what great two receivers to have if you're Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, and, and, Kelsey is so – his route running is unbelievable. Uh, and he's not a stiff tight end. So sometimes you get tight ends where they're stiff. Uh, they're kind of – they're just heavy set. They're, they get, you got some tight ends that got good routes. But Kelsey makeup, the way he moves, is more like a basketball player, how limber, how limber he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's hard to guard a guy like that, especially when he's out there playing basketball on the, on the football field with his routes. You know, it's hard to stay in front of a guy like that. And, and he's very elusive. He's great with the ball in his hands, and he knows how to get open. And him and Mahomes, they got that chemistry. Uh, they're great. Uh, Terrence Copper's with us. It's great to have him uh, with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. The other thing that I see from uh, the, the the thing about Tampa and their defense is stellar. It's peaking at the right time. 
Mike Evans has made some big plays for Brady. I mean, we we're getting on Brady for throwing three picks against Green Bay, but he also threw three touchdowns, and and I mean, those were three. A couple of them were pretty spectacular touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady is kind of have seems like he has a lot more freedom out there. Mm-hmm. And the thing I'm noticing about Brady this season, when I've seen him play and I've seen him in the playoff run here, is uh, he's unflappable. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of that they thought, well, that's the Belichick deal, Brady who seems emotionally invested mm-hmm. uh, is also he's not going to make a mental mistake. You know, mm-hmm. th- you're not going to be able to throw something that shows something to Brady. He's not seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's to me, what's so impressive about what he's done this year with Tampa. Yeah. And and you know, what's so impressive about Brady. And I know we're on the Brady bandwagon right now, but <laughs> uh, Brady played with, with the pay with the Patriots for 50, 11 years. He played with him 50, 50, 11 years. And this year right here, Brady will be better next year than he is this year for Tampa Bay. And I'm going to tell you the yeah. reason why. Okay. Because he was in that Patriot offense for, like I said, for 50, 11 years. He know that Patriot offense like the back of his hand. This is his first time in a new offense. You know, so he doesn't know this playbook the way he knows that Patriot offense. So sometimes when you see Brady play, sometimes he looks like that Michael Jordan of the game, and sometimes he looked kind of off. And that comes because of the inconsistency because he doesn't know the playbook as well as he would know the Patriots playbook because he was in it so long. But next, and plus he didn't have a preseason. He didn't mm-hmm. have a preseason. That's where you really start learning the playbook and really have a chance to put to put the game plan in action. During the preseason games, you can start learning your receivers. Remember, we didn't have preseason this year. You know, so we went straight That's true. to games. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so he's not as comfortable with that playbook and or his receivers right now, the way he will be next year uh, when the season start up. So what he's doing right now, going to a fresh new team, a new offense, new receivers, uh, and getting out of his comfort zone. When, when I say his comfort zone, that comfort zone he's been in with the Patriots offense and the organization forever. And now he's stepping into a new arena, a new coach, new way of coaching, uh, new playbook, new receivers, and he still took his team to the Super Bowl, and he doesn't. He's really not that comfortable with the playbook the way he wants to be, but he will be next year. So that just tell you how great he is. Yeah. All right, uh, Terrence Copper, Premier Sports Academy. What's going on over there right now? Oh, uh, we got a lot going on right now. We have, we have uh, our spring league starting up, basketball spring league starting up, and we have a we have. Um, we have signups going on now, but we have the oh my goodness, I forgot the word for it. Well, registration, registration, registration. Then we also have not registration, <laughs> Pat. I can't think of the word, Pat. The league, the league's being played now. The, the league's the league's starting up in February, February fifteenth. Okay, all right, but all right. not just tryouts. the leagues. Tryouts. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Right, tryouts. We have assessments. That's it, Pat. Assessments. That's a better <laughs> word than tryouts. Word, yes. Tryouts is old school. Yes. You and I tried out, uh, Terrence, for the rec league. At Premier Sports Academy, yeah. they have assessments. We have That's assessments on February the 15th for the spring league coming up. So not just for the league. We also have a basketball academy that's going, that's going on, and that starts March 3rd. So you have two days of basketball training, uh, one day of speed and agility, Vertimax training with me. So you get, all, you get three days of basketball training, one day of speed and agility with me, uh, that is for $100 that's going on. That starts March wow. 3rd, so make sure wow. you get signed up for that. Yeah. Also, we have 707 going on. Uh, that's a foot. That's football that's going on, 707. Um, that's starting now. Registration is going on now. 
practices will start. I know a lot of baseball guys out there uh, that still love football. We'll be done with 707 by the time baseball season roll around. We'll, and also we mm-hmm. have weekends that will be staggered, so you can still play your baseball season and also play 707 as well. So those registrations going on at playnyfo.com. Go to Greenville okay. League. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to give you give that uh, website again, but let me ask you this. So that 7 on 7, too, is that an age group that could include middle school guys? Because you know the middle yes. schoolers with the football, that's a tough deal for them this year in Pitt it County. Is, and It is yeah. all age groups. We're going from age 7 up to high school to uh, 18 years old. Gotcha. So, so give the website again. What's the best website for everything? The too? best website to go to with when it comes to 707 is playnyfo. As for a national youth football organization, playnyfo.com. Uh, and it's going, you can have final league up there. Final league, you go to, you go to Greenville, North Carolina. Okay. You, you and, if any, register. and if anybody wants to get their uh, kid in, in basketball training or just speed and agility yes. training, maybe after the football spring season ends, you want to get them ready for the, the fall season uh, later this year. What's the best way to get in touch with you? The best way to get in touch with us, you can go through our social networks, whether it's Instagram or send, up a, send us a message on, on Facebook or our email address. You can send us that. We have, if you don't want it, if you don't want any parts of the basketball part of it, you know, we have uh, three days a week speed and agility strength training uh, for $200 a month. Uh, and again, that is a way that you can continue to work on your skill set, continue to get bigger, stronger, faster, more agile for whatever sport you play whether it's volleyball, baseball, softball, football, basketball, uh, you can go three days a week, and that's for $200 a month. And, again, you can reach out to us on our social uh, platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can email us at the Premier Sports Academy at Gmail, uh, or you can send us a message on on Facebook as yeah. well. Yeah, Premier Sports Academy in Winterville. Terrence does a, a phenomenal job. I mean, he's he's taken some really good athletes and made them great college-level athletes Thank you. Uh, in all sports. So, hey, good to talk to you. Uh, quick pick before we go on the Super Bowl. Uh, Chiefs. Okay. By a lot or close? I, I'm going, truthfully, I'm going Chiefs by two touchdowns. Okay. I can I, see that. I hate to say that going against Brady, especially in the Super I Bowl. But yeah. I got to. I, Hey, it's great to see you. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us. You too, Pat. Great seeing you. Yeah. Terrence Copper, there he goes, Premier Sports Academy. Thanks to Terrence. Thanks to Joe Dooley for joining us today. Uh, ben Byram, great job always producing. Got to go do more stuff. He's the man. Uh, hey, uh, intern Joe, what are your Super Bowl plans? Quickly, like in 10 seconds. Just going to hang Bowl out plans. with my roommate and watch the game. Is that the you and the ref? You and the ref are hanging out? Not ref. Okay. Good, smart play to not hang out with the ref. Uh, Great job, Joe. All right. uh, For Casey, Ben, see you tomorrow. Big show. Sean Brace, Fox Sports Gambler, Cy Seymour, Nikki Novak. Should be fun. Uh, We'll uh, preview the Super Bowl, preview Pirate Hoops, and wrap up the weekend. Tomorrow, Ben and I will get into the McCaffrey stuff. That'll be fun. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll chop it down. Move the edge of my head.